Hi there, everybody, and welcome back to the Golf Guide Podcast. It is just lovely to be with all of you. My name is Kyle Serlo, and uh, as the host, I, I again, I, I am extraordinarily happy to welcome you back. I've got a very fun show for you today. I am uh, just a few days removed from a bucket list golf trip over to the East Coast, although I have been told that calling the Carolinas the East Coast is debatable. I as a West Coast person, I don't really see how that's possible, considering it is a, a state that lies on the eastern seaboard. But I digress. Uh, a few uh, a few friends of uh, mine and myself, my dad, we went over to North Carolina. We you know there there's this bucket list golf destination on the East Coast uh, that many golfers you know probably are very familiar with called Pinehurst. Right? It did many time U.S. Open host. You know, did you uh, Pinehurst number two is. Uh, the USGA has decided they want to host 17 of the next 18 U.S. Opens at Pioneer, so it seemed like a really good idea now to get over there so I could have some first-hand experience on this uh, U.S. Open venue that we're going to be seeing over and over and over again. Uh, however, there is so much golf over there that I had been wanting to experience and see and play for a number of years. Uh, so, like I said, me and a dozen friends, we got a chance to finally get over there. Uh, we played, well, six courses in total. We had five on the schedule. And those were at the Pinehurst Resort number two and number four. And then uh, off property, we were planning on playing Pine Needles, which hosted this year's U.S. Women's Open. Uh, Mid Pines, which is part of the same, you know, course network as Pine Needles. Uh, both Mid Pines, Pine Needles, and uh, now the newly renovated Southern Pines are all part of the same management and ownership group and have all been redone by the architect Kyle Franz. Uh, at some point in the last decade or so, all of which are Donald Ross courses. And then finally, on the last day, uh, we were scheduled to play Tobacco Road, uh, the infamous Mike Strantz design um, that uh, sort of, you know, kind, kind of built the legend. I mean, we we do have a couple of Mike Strantz courses out here in Northern California, Monterey Peninsula Country Club and San Jose, or no, Silver Creek Valley Country Club in San Jose. Um, both are private, unfortunately, so there's no public golf courses uh, out this way that uh, allow you to go and see and play a Mike Strantz course, but man, it uh, it really lived up to the billing. As you're going to see, my my guest Ryan today, a good friend of mine, who joined me on this trip, you know, Ryan is a an unbelievable stick. I think right now, you know, he's probably playing to a plus two or plus three. You know, played collegiate golf uh, with my friend John, a, a real stick. And I think what's kind of kind of rare about Ryan is he. It's very rare you find somebody who's that good at golf who also doesn't take it too seriously and is like pretty, pretty chill and like okay playing with people that aren't good. Uh, just a very, a very positive dude, especially given how immense his skill set is when it comes to golf. So um, today I am going to talk to Ryan uh, about our trip. We didn't really have any show notes in terms of uh, exact things we wanted to cover. We just sort of turned the microphones on. And uh, yeah, and, and just kind of went wherever ever the conversation went. Uh, we talked about each of our rounds of golf, um, you know, in, in, in somewhat length. But man, just the experience overall was just so cool. I um, I cannot recommend this trip enough. Although, in hindsight, I, I, there are some things I would do differently. Although I think for this particular trip, it would be tough to do it much differently than we did, given the constraints um, that Piners puts on people who want to play number two and want to play number four. Uh, you got to stay at the resort, and I think. As as nice as it was, I think for a trip where I would go back uh, again, assuming that I didn't have to play number two, man, there were so many cool options and you know the cool little towns and all that. It was just 
I'll get into it a little bit more with Ryan, but um, man, what a, what a really fun trip uh, with a lot of really good golf. I will say this. We went in mid to late August. I was told that uh, this was a great time to go to Pioneers because it's kind of shoulder season. You're not going to be paying peak season prices like you're going to be late in the fall and early in the spring, but you're also not going to be uh, playing in the thicket of the heat in the middle of summertime. I think we split a pretty good difference. I think weather-wise, we got pretty lucky. You know, the, the temperatures ranged anywhere from 75 to 88 degrees with humidity ranging anywhere from, you know, 60 to 85%. Um, as a West Coast kid, certainly unpleasant. The, the, the humidity and, you know, the corresponding bugs uh, that went along with everything was 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 tough for was tough for the kid. I I, I just uh, man, it's trying to say, stand over a golf ball when you've got no less than thirty five to seventy different uh, things crawling around on you was fucking rough. <laughs> I'm just not gonna like it. Uh, it's it's just it's not impossible to play by any means. It's just man, for if you're not used to it, it's distracting. It's uncomfortable. But uh, hey. You know, that's that's why you can still, you know, that's why you can still go and pay four hundred dollars for a three bedroom house, you know, down down somewhere around there. You know, hey, it's a, you know, it's a give, it's a give and take. What do what, what, what do you want? Um, anyway, what an awesome trip. Uh, I, I can't thank all the guys enough that, uh, that that went on this trip with me. It was a ton of fun. This trip was uh, coordinated by me under the guise of Suave Golf. Uh, this was just a trip that I wanted to put together for the buddies to do a little recon um, because I was hoping to take you know a large group. Uh, that's going to be open to the public at some point next year. And given our experience, that is that is going to be the case. So it looks like next September, when it's going to be a little bit cooler, uh, I think roughly September 7th through 11th, uh, I'm going to be putting together a trip through Suave Golf uh, over to the Pinehurst area where I believe we're going to be staying at Mid Pines. And we're going to be playing Southern Pines, Mid Pines, and Pine Needles 36 on each every day. Uh, th- those... Those golf courses were so good. I, I cannot wait to get back already. So uh, I will have more announcements as to when that trip is going to get opened up and you can sign up, but uh, that should be happening at some point in the next month or two. Uh, but to get you until that point, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ryan. Uh, a lot of fun. Ryan's a good dude. Fun conversation. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I will be back with Boat here hopefully pretty soon to cover some more stuff relating to professional golf, uh, some other stuff happening in the world of golf here in Northern California. But for now, I hope you guys enjoy this recap episode of our trip to the Carolina Sandhills here on the Golf Guide Podcast. All right, we're back. Uh, I have a very special guest here, a first-time podcast guest. Uh, Big Poppy himself, Mr. Ryan Irish, fresh off uh, five glorious days in the Carolina Sandhills. All right. How are you doing, my friend? First of all, physically and mentally, after the gauntlet that we went through, how, how what is the current mood? You know, the mood's high. Um, it was a fantastic trip. I will say that morale is down um, because of the high that we experienced, but that's all due to you. So thank you for that. And uh, that. no, it was a fantastic trip. I would agree. And uh, I I had a blast. I get, the first thing I want to ask you is, like, I, I don't know, how did you think the trip stacked up to what you were expecting? Because we went to the Pinehurst Resort, we played number two and number four, we got to go play this year's U.S. Women's Open host in Pine Needles, played Mid Pines, played Tobacco Road. I think everybody played Pinehurst number three at least once in the afternoon, which was also a delight. Did you play anything else other than those? 
no, those, those are the courses that I play. We try to get on the cradle. It was a little bit busy. Um, but no, it's, um, those are the courses that I played, um, in terms of how they all stacked up. Wow. Uh, I, I had high expectations for tobacco road. We had some incidents, uh, the morning that you would in the morning that you would know better than myself, unfortunately. We, we, we can't recap this at some point if, if need be. Yeah. And, and so, you know, getting in there, we were uncertain if we were going to play it. And I was a little disappointed. It was raining so much, but man, it opened up, the sun came out and that was just visually stunning. I loved how it played. I thought it was very fun. Um, the courses overall were, were just fantastic and um, really excited that we got to see all of them. They were just really, really good. Is, is tobacco, is that the course, do you think you were most excited to see or, or play out of all the ones on the trip? Cause I mean, there was five or six bangers in there. You know, you, you, you could name any course. You wouldn't necessarily be wrong, but it sounds to me like maybe that was the track you were most excited to see, which I would not <laughs> yeah. have guessed. It was the course I was most excited to see. I mean, Pioneer Summer 2 is definitely up there as well, but watching, you know, some of the videos that are out there on YouTube, Tobacco Road and hearing about Mike Strands, you know, I was just really excited to experience it. I've heard really good things and it lived up to it, but, Number two was also up there, and that was that was something else. That was a treat. I, I do kind of want to stay on Tobacco Road. So this was the last course that we played in our trip. It was we played it on like the day that we all flew home, or at least the day that a lot of us were scheduled to fly home <laughs> before everybody's flights got canceled in the middle of our round. But I digress. Exactly. Um, what was your like impression at that golf? Because I I kind of knew what to expect, but also I feel like when I got there and I played it, especially like that closing stretch, you know, like. 15 through 18 you're just like what sport am i playing where am i where like what is this it, but like in the best way possible and I, did you have that same impression did you know exactly what to expect and it didn't catch you off guard because like i felt like i was prepared and it still was like bam like holy shit this wild that i don't know if there's a fairway up there but it tells me there is so i'm just gonna fucking do it and it's, it's just like it's just, i don't know it was just it was it felt to me like golf on acid there's a couple courses specifically i would pick out that i was telling you before like it felt like dark horse on acid but like that doesn't still quite do it justice it I, I don't know. Did, did you did you get that same impression yeah it was like my comma did every drug under the moon almost <laughs> is, is kind of how i would describe it and uh it, you know i i the videos i'd watched i knew it was going to be pretty visually epic i didn't realize how scorable it still would be um so i think driving in there in the rain without a lot of visibility, I still was like, holy smokes, folks. Like what, what, a what's the landscape we have here. And then getting out there to your point that that closing stretch started on hole four. And by the time we got to like 14, 15, um, it, but we got to 15, it started thundering again. So we had to pull over the side of the road for about 15 minutes, wait for the rain to dissipate. And then we played, you know, 16, and I was just like, should I pull driver? That doesn't seem right. And Steven and his GPS kept going out, so I couldn't see the hole. So I had to go into Galvin's cart to check it out. And I was like, I think it's a five iron. And we get that out there. And wow, that 15th hole was insane. Uh, the 18th hole was epic. Did birdie it, which felt really good. Excellent. And then hole, hole one was just, oh, my God, throws you right into the gauntlet. I, I just, it was awesome. Just visually stunning way more playable than you expect in the greens complexes had, they were so big. You had so many different pins you could use that it's a different course, you know, every day you play it. I would think. Yeah. I, 
did you feel like other than tobacco road it did feel like all the other courses that we played there did i don't know if it's like just the course itself that felt aesthetically kind of like a little more similar or if it was just like the land I, why do you think it is that tobacco road feels just so different from everything else that we saw there is it just the, the course does it, is it just you know the way that mike translate i mean i to me the the land itself, I couldn't really tell if it was that much different if he just did something totally different with it. I don't know. You, you got to read on that? Yeah. I, I I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I think that there was some TNT involved and it was actually like in a hillside. Um, yeah. Whereas, where, yeah, that's pretty sick. And uh, <laughs> mom didn't let me touch that stuff, unfortunately. No. And uh, God, I hate that for me. <laughs> I hate uh, that for you. <laughs> but uh, no, but the, you know, you know, I would say pine needles had some undulation, um, but For mid sure. pines and all the pine hearse were the pinehurst especially were very flat. Um, number three threw actually some ups and downs, some some cool undulations, but you could tell it was a flat surface, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that it it felt like Tobacco Road was. I don't know if you ever played Apple Mountain up in uh, like you know Placerville ish area. I, I'm very it's, familiar with Apple Mountain, but I have not played it. Been there before, but not played it. <laughs> I wouldn't play it, but it was like a, <laughs> it was like a playable Apple mountain, like where you're just like in this hillside and it's just, you're rolling up, you're rolling down and those gas carts kind of made, made all the difference. I was yeah, telling sure. the electric ones were going to get through it. <laughs> yeah, man. The, the, the tobacco road was just such a trip, man. Just blind tee shots everywhere. Although, you know, what's it, another interesting, I, first of all, like, I love golf courses with cork. Like I, I love, I love just kind of funky, weird golf courses, tobacco road, obviously, you know, what we've talked about the last couple of minutes definitely checks that box. I was actually surprised though, with, you know, for how much less land movement there was at the other golf courses, how there were still a ton of blind shots. It felt like throughout the entire, I felt like every single round you're playing, there were multiple blind shots and, and some of them, I would say the majority of them are off the tee, but I mean, there were like a couple, I mean, I'm trying to think it was there any like true, like blind, like approach shots outside of tobacco road at some of the Piners courses. I feel like just, Number four, I think, had a few, if I remember yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, yes. Mid Pines actually the one had that, a few. Uh, the one that our, our you know, our, our friend Pat uh, hold out for an Eagle 2, I think, on number eight. That that, that was I a blind it, approach shot. Because it was Pat, I saw that it happened, really focused on the shot, and I hit it to about three inches, and I was so mad it didn't go in. But, yes, <laughs> that hole. Still in my yeah. memory. I don't yeah, but, remember but that at all. That, that, that is like something that's super interesting and that I really enjoyed about the whole trip is just the, the variety of shots, like a lot of blind shots, a lot of really cool tee shots, like up and over ridges. It's just like very groovy, fun golf throughout. Um, tobacco obviously had the most of them. Dude, that did you have a view of the 18th green at Tobacco Road when you played it? So it's the tee shot for anybody that's uh, that's not familiar with Tobacco Road. Probably the coolest tee shot on the property. We're going like from this other cool quarry yeah. up over this crazy ridge. You can't see anything up there, and then you think like, "Oh, that's pretty wild." But then like the approach shot, right when about what seventy yards out, takes another like nine, or probably like eighty degree turn left, like around the clubhouse, so you can't see it, and it's just like, "Oh, okay, no, we're 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 going to double dip on the last hole." And you know what? I kind of like it. It was sick. That green was epic. I, I kind of had a view of the pin. I could see like the flag itself, but I couldn't really see anything else. You and have to hit a bomb off that tee to get it far enough down and to the right to have any view of that actual green. It, you know, it was it was hit well. 
Um, but at the same time, I thought I pushed it <laughs> and I was like, thank God that's, <laughs> that's a little right of where we thought we wanted to go, uh, but it was just insane. And, and you know, it was crazy too, as we were sitting on the porch waiting for the rain to pass before we played. And I saw the green. I was like, that's a crazy green. And I thought it was the 11th fairway that bet into it. I, I think it was the 11th fairway, that par five, but there's another fairway you see behind the green. And then I went, I kept walking over to the right of like clubhouse and I see, I'm like, holy smokes. No, that's the hole over there. And it was just really nervous to play that hole. I didn't know what one it was, but I mm-hmm. said, I want no part of that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's fucking, um, it's a wild side. Before, okay, I, I know we're on limited time, so I, I don't mean to get like too distracted or change the subject on you too, uh, no. too too quickly, my friend. But I do really also want your thoughts on number two. Like it was obviously the other, you know, this is this was like the bucket list round, and I I don't know about you, but I'll I'll, I'll just give you my thoughts first, and I'll let you go off and you know however you want. And then it's like for number two, it was a bucket list course for me. Like I had to play it. It looked amazing, and yet it was like never one of those like course where it's like I dreamed of going to play it was more of like everybody that I trust says it's the best and I guess I have to play it at some point before I die and so given that like I didn't have the same expectations in terms of how much I was going to love it going into it as say like if I got to go play Augusta or Pine Valley or something like that one day like you know that's that's like a whole different league whereas I I got to number two Obviously, you know, done a lot of research. Like I kind of knew what I was in for and it really exceeded my expectations, man. Like not only was the golf course more fun than I thought, but actually was a lot more beautiful than I thought. And you can tell that they reinvest a lot more money into number two than they do to anything else to like keep all that beautiful white sand and like the dunes, like looking, I don't know how artificial some of those dunes are out there, like, you know, between some of those holes, but they look fucking great. They they, they, did. Yeah. They really they do. nailed it. Um, aesthetically pleasing, you might say. It's very aesthetically pleasing. And I don't know. I, I, going into this trip, I was like a six handicap, but I was not playing my best golf. And at number two, I probably had my worst ball striking day of the trip. So I'm doing my best to think about the golf course, but not include like my personal game of golf. But I think what was illuminating is for someone that wasn't having a great day at my handicaps, I was probably playing more to like a 10. I was playing more like a 10 or an 11 handicap that day with the way that I was hitting the ball specifically with the way I was just queefing it all over the greens from like the bunker. I, my, I, I was struggling out of the sand and that is a terrible place to do it. And before we went, I think, I think it's Chris Solomon on no laying up who said Pioneer's number two is a great separator. It really separates good golfers from sort of good golfers for mediocre golfers. And I actually found that to be totally true because I didn't necessarily hit the ball like ass. Like I had like plenty of good shots, but I was a little sloppy, especially around the greens. And that, it was unrelenting. It was like, yeah, well, like you don't get away with like, okay shots around the greens here. Like you got to do exactly what you want to do and execute. If you do that, you get a chance to score. I was not doing that and I got worked. And so if somebody who actually is, like a good golfer like yourself, I wanted to know if you felt that at all when you were playing number two. Yeah. it's it, Number two, I would, I echo your statement about it first off around heard all these great things, but it wasn't the top of my, you know, bucket list. Right. It, it was somewhere I definitely wanted to see, but it, I wasn't making the trip. You were there. a little like more Dak for tobacco road, which I, I think is rad. Well, and, and also it's $500 to play there. You know, it's a lot of money for a round of golf. 
And so uh, it was just one of those things where, you know, there, there was a, a, a price barrier there. It was also the course itself seemed cool, but not great. Just like brutal U.S. Opens. But was excited to see it. And walking up that golf course, you know, I started off not playing that good at golf for the first six, then played pretty, pretty well for the last, you know, you know, 12 holes. And walking up the course, playing, you know, good golf for the final 12, I looked back and said, wow, if those greens were firm and really at 12, I would have shot 12 shots higher. Like I was missing the right parts when I did hit a, a bad iron shot. Like it was like, you know, on their, on, it was on the correct side. Yeah. But there were some chips and pitches where I was like, there's no way anyone can get this up and down, let alone maybe in three shots from here. It was just brutal. And then off the tee, I, the thing I remember is the whole, the, the fourth hole, I believe the long one. Mm-hmm. Um, so they showed us the U S open tee there. We obviously didn't play there. We put, put the tees up from that, the blue tees. And uh, I mean, I pumped one so far OB, right. We called it the Trump ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, looking back at that, it was just, I'm like, I can't go left. I can't go right. This hole's 480 from back there. It's 520. I, I don't know where to go. So yeah, it was it was absurd, and that was one of the more challenging tee shots. But then when you had the more open tee shots, or hey, you get hybrid or 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 three wood off the tee, well, that green was so intimidating that you were coming into. And just imagine if they were really firm, um, you know, it, 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 imagine Fountain Grove, right? Like playing in the summer, and the greens aren't receptive, ball releases, you don't know where that thing's going, and those greens mm-hmm. are so undulating. Seven is in the cards on every hole, even if you hit the fairway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when we were at number two with the group I was playing with, we all decided to play the white tees, which I think that day we're playing at 6,400 yards. And I will say that, you know, it, it was warm out there. It's not like the ball was like plugging, like it was, it was running a little bit in the fairways, you know, however much it can in like Bermuda grass. Right. But yeah. it definitely felt like it played longer than the 6,400 yards. I think just because you didn't want to have anything other than a wedge or something that you could like run up to the green, you know, the, coming, like you just did not want to have mid to long irons going into those greens. And I was, did it play the yardage? Did it play longer, shorter from like the blues at 6,900? Yeah. It, I, I think it played, played relatively similar to the yardage. I would okay. say it felt 6,900. Okay. Um, I would say there were courses like number, number four felt long for me. Yeah. Um, it was a very much like it looks wide open. That was the but, one day that I played the tips and it felt long for me too. Yeah. It, it I mean, it was long. And because I hit a lot of like hybrids or three woods up the tee there because you see where it kind of narrows at number four mm-hmm. versus number two, it's just kind of that same consistent. So I'm like, hey, like if I miss the fairway, I'm screwed. It's not like this is really giving me that much of an advantage, like the fat of the fairway on, on a lot of the holes at least. So yeah. I was just hitting the, and I started hitting the driver well, which was great. There were a few where you had to lay up, but overall, I think from the blue tees, it, it, it didn't feel long. It felt right around 6,900, which is normal. Whereas I'd say four felt like it was playing, you know, 15, 20% longer. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cause like the 1,600 yards we played at four did also feel pretty long. It was the, and the ball was flying that day. Yeah. That, that was probably the hottest day, but do you know what the temperature was on that? It was like 86 with like 80% humidity or something like that. I, all I know is <laughs> later that, that, that afternoon we played, we, we played number three and I called for water 
uh, into the pro shop, which was a, a, another story for another day. But right. I was just dying out there. I, I don't remember the last time I called into a pro shop for water, um, but apparently it was out there. Uh, I didn't really see it until we got to the 12th hole, but I've never been more wrecked. Just nothing in the head, just dead body. And that's, you know, day, day one of the trip. So I, I thought we were in for a, a real nasty surprise, but the, the weather kind of cooled down for the, for the yeah. latter half. No, dude, that's the I'm like I this trip made me realize how soft I am living in California, dude. Like the, the oh. humidity and the bugs, man. That was that. That was that, I. I never got used to it in the five days that I was there. That was really that was really rough. I I knew though at the start of number four, so we played like number four at Pinehurst was like the first round of golf that we all played together. We played this on like Thursday morning. You know, everybody got there the day before, tried to get a good night's sleep. Most of us did not, and then uh, we go play number four. Greens are rolling what like a twelve. Like they were yeah. fast. They were so much faster than I was expecting them to be. And Reamer, uh, our, our good friend Reamer, who has been on this podcast before, uh, wonderful who come, lad, who comes on all these trips with us. The most confident eight handicap you'll ever meet. <laughs> there, there, there's, it's, there's not an eight handicapper that is more. Anybody look? Anybody looking for a member guest partner? That's your guy. That's your guy. You that, that, that is your guy. He um and he came off you know playing thirty six. He got there super early on Wednesday and played thirty six. Said he's feeling confident, swing feels good. And we start at number four, dude. And he just he couldn't be shittier. He he's like he's so bad to start. Like he doubles one. He, dude, he like none of them were shanks, but like, man, like he was all over the place on number two. It was hustle adjacent. Yeah, it was hustle adjacent. I think he made like a really sloppy like double or triple on two. And then on like, you know, so like after like this rough start, you know, after, after a long night, a rough start, he's smoking the last. Turkish silver that he has in his golf bag on the third tee, trying, trying, trying to get himself back to center. You know, you know that when you brought, only brought one cigarette out for yourself for the whole round of golf, you're saving it. You know, it's it's a, it's a break glass in case of emergency type situation. And I, like, I gotta, I gotta say, I'm happy I've never been in that situation and <laughs> and, and don't foresee that for myself. But yeah, I see that for him, and I, I, I can, I can. Uh, it's we're all sympathizing with him now. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we, we're all there <laughs> for. It. And then so we get to the third tee, and. A guy immediately throws two right off property, like just just totally, <laughs> totally. Like, dude, there, there was a hole in between us on the right. Like I think seventeen is over on the right. Like, he's off OB, like right, two straight balls, and he just like, and then just drops like he gets a third ball from one of us, and then just he like takes like a seven iron or, or just something, just like, like pops it up over the ridge and like the front of the fairway, and he's just dude, he's down. He's really really down. And then as we're walking to our shots, our second shots on number three, the beer angel comes. And I said, Reem, this first round's on me. Let's see. Let, let's get ourselves back to center. And Reemer walked up there. And uh, between the, the, you know, the couple of us in the group, he did manage to, and I saw this on my bill, uh, it managed to rack up a $98 tab with just buying domestics. Uh, just domestics for the foursome from the cart girl. Uh, and then after that, it was really bad for another couple holes, but spirits were much higher. And so I wanted to give oh. a shout out to Reem for kind of recovering in due time it was it, it was rough out there that day but that that heat that golf course played tough i it, it's funny I, do you get the sense that like a lot of the guys on the trip when it was all said and done we're talking about piners number four like yeah, wait, it was really wait, good, wait, like, wait real quick how where did he go ob on three i had to pull it up to make sure i was remembering it correctly i didn't Dude, i don't remember ob being in play uh because there's 17 to the right of number three and he threw it across all the way over there, Boise. like not unfindable. Oh, boy. Tough, tough 
tough scene for the kid. So go, sorry, re hit re hit me with the question. I was I was distracted looking up this, this photo here. So. It's okay. So like basically, <laughs> when it was all said and done, I think I don't know if it's just because it was the trip that it was the course that everybody played first. So it was kind of like more in like in the distant memory. But I got the sense from a lot of guys that we went with, and there was about you know a little over a dozen of us that number four was it was nobody's favorite course and probably nobody's you know it, nobody would have put it in their top three in terms of just not like best golf course, but just courses they enjoyed playing the most. It, yep. it seemed like it was almost a consensus that, you know, Pine Needles was up there for most everybody. Tobacco Road was up there for most everybody. And then for some of the guys, it was number two. Some of the guys, it was mid-pines. Maybe some of the guys, it was number four. Uh, and a lot of guys, I think it actually was number three. Um, but the more I think about it, you know, now with a couple of days to process, the more and more I think about number four, like it is a really, really good golf course. It's very proper, is how I would say. It's a very proper golf course. Those were the best greens we putted on, too, the entire trip, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, just in terms of quality, roll, um, speed, I think that four was fantastic. Really good test golf. Way harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but, you know, you can't go to Pinehurst and not play number four, I think, after, yeah, after, I watching, or after seeing it in person. Um, and I didn't know anything about number four. I know they had north-south there went in with no caddy it was easy enough to get around without a caddy like the greens weren't as severe as number two mm -hmm. um but still very penal see i'd say greens those were actually reflective of what i could see a normal pioneer screen being as number two we played they, they punched about a month ago they were a little little bumpy a little slower still fine but just not what i was fully expecting number four right. was that so i think that was a really good to play that golf course and see how those greens were at speed and firmness um, and I'm sure they get, I know they get way firmer for the U S open. So it's not really a proxy, but for, you know, your normal play. Yeah. And, uh, walking away from it, I was really like, loved the layout of it. I thought it was really, really good. So many good holes, no, almost no water on the front. If I remember, and then a few, like a little water stretch around that pond on the around back was really yep. cool. And you got um, to see, you got to see the pond on the front nine, but you never, it never really came into play. Well, I thought it was like, I thought it was, you know, Pinehurst number five. I thought it was a different golf course from what we were yeah. playing because number four, you see it. Number two, you see it. And, yep. um, you know, you, you just don't know really what it is. And then you get across like, oh, this is the back nine. And that par three, what, I don't know, 12 or 13, that was a really, really good hole too. Yeah. The par five right before that was pretty stupid in my opinion. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I feel like some golf courses, you know, it's like the par fives really, really stand out and, they really stood out to me at number two, but they didn't necessarily stand out to me at number four, other than that one, uh, I think it was the ninth hole, one with a great hazard on it, which was pretty Jeez. wild. And the thing is, I was fucking, I was queefing my ball around in the shit over on the right the whole time, so I didn't really get to appreciate it that much, but it, it looked fucking sick. Yeah, I, I, I pooped one out there on the right as well. Somehow nice. had a shot in, the, in there and, and ended up, I could only get it 70 yards out there, but made a par, but it was just like, I gotta go two three hybrid i should say then then another three hybrid or three wood and the green was kind of crazy and there's ob left and what a hole um and what I thought a hole but it, it not like honestly i don't like a par five where the driver's out of my hand and 13 was almost kind of similar right where you can't really hit driver on that par five either and i think that was one of my critiques with number four was just the par fives i, I didn't love um because I don't remember the other two. Um, oh, I remember the the, the first one around one the, the water. Front. 
The one around the water, which is 13, I thought was dumb. And then 17. 17, actually, I, got, I thought was a pretty good hole. I, I thought 17 was 17, 17 was a fantastic hole. But the other three, four, fives, I didn't love. Like the second or third hole, whatever that was, fine. Not great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 17 was an awesome hole. And yeah. it's funny because there's no water there. It's just, you know, bunkers. Just a, it, it almost felt, you know, it felt very core crunchy. Um, when I go to Bannon Trails and play those par, you know, those holes, especially the par fives, yeah, feel very much like one of those holes. Okay, yeah, I would say on the whole, number four, excellent. Number two, excellent. I mean, really, you know, the only reason that we were staying at Piners, you know, one obviously to like check it off the list, but really, like, you can't play number two or number four, you know, for sure without staying at the resort. I think the, the way that they do it is basically like they guarantee tea times to all the resort guests. And then if whatever open tea times they have, they open up to non-resort guests like a week or two in advance, right? So if you're planning a trip to Pinehurst and you want to play number two and you want to play number four, you do kind of have to stay at the resort. But now that we've done it, you know, I'll probably stay there again so I can play number two again at some point in my life. But the next time I'm going back to the Sandhills, uh, I'm probably just going to be staying at like, you know, at Mid Pines or at Pine Needles well, because I... I the vibe was so good, I, and that, those are the ones I want to talk I, to you about I, next. I, I, okay. want, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask you. You know, I, I feel like your favorite day was probably that day at Pine Needles and Southern uh, and Mid Pines, and I, I'd love to know your thoughts. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'll turn it to you for that. I, I mean, honestly, I I watched a bunch of the U.S. Women's Open this year, and so I kind of knew what to expect at Pine Needles, um, and then I, I, I knew that. You know, Pine Needles and Mid Pines had both been redone, you know, like around seven, eight, nine years ago. Uh, both the old Donald Ross courses that are redone by Kyle Franz. And I had, you know, lofty expectations going in because I, I did kind of think and heard from other people that had been there like, hey, man, like I actually enjoyed those every bit as much as I enjoyed the courses of Piners. So I thought they were going to be pretty good. And those are the ones that probably exceeded my expectations the most on the trip. That one day that we did where we played Pine Needles in the morning and Mid Pines in the afternoon. That's got to be one of my favorite days of golf I think I've I've ever had. Like both those courses were fucking mint. I would say Pine Needles is probably. I mean, I, number two would I, I would say this, but Pine Needles is probably already one of the thirteen or fourteen best golf courses I've ever played. It was insane. I uh, I, I watched some of the, the women's and not as much. At least I don't remember it as much. That's most majors for me, um, men or or women. Yep. Um, and I didn't know much about the golf course. Went out there. I was blown away. Blown it away. was freaking hard, too. Like, I, I thought I was hitting the golf ball pretty good. Lost for a couple holes. But overall, hit it great. It was definitely my worst scoring day. And it was so many dog legs, but not like brutal dog legs, right? Just you got to put it here. And it's a little bit intimidating off the tee. The greens were really freaking cool. And the really landscape, cool. especially. The landscape on the front nine was just epic. I thought you were kind of going in and out of like these, you know, it was just kind of, it was like set in the mountains. Uh, whereas Tobacco Road, I felt like was on a mountain almost. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. I, um, dude, Pine Needles just so, it was really interesting too is like for Piners number two and number four, like I'm used to going to Bandon on like our group trips, right? Where there's like no houses anywhere. And I was kind of surprised by how many homes there were on number two and number four. Right. I mean, yeah. really are just in like a neighborhood. So not that it makes it bad, but like there are points like, yeah, I feel like I'm just in like, and, and the houses aren't like super far off the golf course either. You know, they're, they're pretty, pretty prominent. You're close, to the, 
and you're close to the road at, at, at parts of Pinehurst. I mean, you, you are at other courses yeah. as well, but I definitely like heard more cars when I was playing Pinehurst. For sure. Um, and, and, and the houses are like old, like Southern money. Like they're all done up super nice. They're like over the top nice. And yeah. when you go to Pine Needles, because there's, there wasn't any houses on Mid Pines other than like a hole or two on one side, but like Pine Needles yeah, is crazy. Well, Pine Needles is crazy because like there's some um, homes on the left side of two. And then you really don't see any homes again until you come down the home stretch where like you have to go through that neighborhood to like get back to the clubhouse. But yeah. I thought it was actually really cool because kind of like a St. Andrews kind of way, not that I'm equating Pine Needles to St. Andrews, but like <laughs> kind of like starts or like ends like in like the like the little neighborhood and then it kind of just takes you out into you know kind of like the wilderness and it's just so fucking cool man course is in unbelievable shape greens like you said were outrageously good like and the setting i would say that's probably about as picturesque of a setting of any of the golf courses that we played the whole trip those first four holes caught me so off guard totally i I was especially after the elevation change after being a piners and also because that's as much elevation change as tobacco road had I would say Pine Needles had every bit as much, if not more. Yeah. It just wasn't as like stark and like drastic like it was at Tobacco Road. There was no contrast, right? Of like a a massive bunker is them flowing into the top of the fairway, right? It was just very subtle and and well done. And I mean, could you imagine that, that golf course not raining for two months and then playing that thing? Oh my God, dude. Yeah. I mean, I I was so impressed. Honestly. And, and honestly, mid pines in the afternoon. So sick. A, it's crazy because like they're basically across the road from one another. But mid pines felt really different from a setting perspective than pine needles did. Like pine needles, you could almost say like felt kind of like a, there were like elements of like, man, I, if I didn't know any better, like if the weather was different, like I could be like in Tahoe for all I know right now. Like this, yeah. this could be just like a beautiful you know, kind of like really like nice, you know, undulations up and down. You got the pine trees and the needles. It's just, it's so picturesque and beautiful. And that whereas like mid pines, you're almost kind of out in like a, a grove. Like it was, like a, yeah. Well, I, it's something in my head and I just want like to get it out. I mean, to cut yeah. you off, it's, no, no, it's, it's almost like, you know, like you go to pine needles and you're driving the Rolls Royce and then you get to, um uh mid pines and it's almost more like the maserati or like the newer money like it's like a little like more fun like just less hoity-toity i felt like really loose the second i walked on the mid pines mm-hmm. and pine needles was a little more proper not in a bad way by any stretch but you just felt a little more you know like okay we're, we're at a really nice golf course right now and th- that also kind of fit the landscapes i think right where like totally it was more that old school kind of classic at pine needles and mid pines was just like go for this green. Don't go for that green. Like there's trouble there, but just send it. And, and you're in that grove. Like, you know, I, I remember Reamer kind of walking the hazard off number, number three over there and like trying to hack one out. And like, it just felt more fun and like, just let's just go for it. Right. And uh, oh, that's great. pine needles, I was a little more like, okay, like let's lay up here. And it just didn't really bring that vibe out of me. Like, like mid pines did. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, man. It's just such a fucking cool spot. I, I could not recommend either of those courses enough. And then, um, oh man, I, I can't wait to go play Southern Pines. So the you know, same same ownership group that just redid, you know, which another you know uh, Donald Ross course. Like it seems like every one of them is over there. Um, and I think someone's caddy was saying, you know, he plays like in another couple of years when that course is like fully like grown in, 
He's like, I think it might be even better than pine needles and mid pines. Like that's, that's how good Southern pines is in the, if that's the case, like, I still think I would, you know, as we start to wrap this thing up, like I would still say that number two, if I'm like taking a step back and I thought about like the course that I probably would be most satisfied playing every day from like a walking perspective, I am actually a little surprised to say myself leaning towards number two. Should be. But, I, but, but like if, that, if, it, if it is number two, Pine Needles is right there behind it. Like if, if I, if I had a list of all my favorite courses, like, Hey, I got one round to play where I want to go play. And, and I was doing that. Like, yeah, Pinehurst number two might be, you know, right there in the top, like in a top 10 and Pine Needles would be what a couple spots right behind it. Like that's how good yeah. it was. No, it, it really was. And I think that the thing that really gives Pinehurst number two, that edge is one, we knew about it. We thought it was cool, but we both were both, very surprised uh walking off the off the 18th green of just what a great golf course what a great layout pine needles we just don't know as much about right it blew me away but i had no expectations and i had no history there um outside the recent u.s women's open and i think that's kind of what gives the edge for me and also just seeing pinehurst in the green complexes number two was just absurd and pine and Pine Needles didn't quite have that, but I also enjoyed that. So if I think you're going on a golf trip, like Pine Needles is probably the better golf course for your golf trip. Uh, I yeah. think you have to play number two. You have to, but I think Pine Needles is, is the outright. And, and that's the, it's like, I, I think number two, I think, I think that's where we're like, it's like number two, you know, is the better golf course. I, you know, is the better golf course, yeah. but I'm not totally positive that I wouldn't have more fun playing pine needles on like a day-to-day basis just because like it wouldn't beat me up quite as much but that's also the argument for number two right is it like there's always going to be something that there that's going to be like you're always going to be challenged out at number two like in a good way right not in like a frustrating like fuck like fuck this you know it's the pine needles are just so good god it's just so yeah i i I can't emphasize enough how delightfully good it was and it and it was good in a good way in this good way where if you hit a little bit of rye off the tee well, you could ship out and then get on the green and then you wouldn't make a nine. Whereas Pinehurst is still not easy off the tee, but it's, it's, you know, it's playable, but then you'd ship out or get out of the, you know, the waste area. And then you, you, you got a chip shot or a pitch shot. You can still make eight. And that, that I think is just brutal. If you're thinking about a boys golf trip of just that, the penality around the, the, the penalness around the green. Yeah. God. Yeah. It, it could just get you. It's to, number two is tough if you've got guys in your group who are like eighteen plus handicaps, right? Exactly. Our, bo- our boy Paul, I'm... our boy Paul did break a driver out of number two, which are you know, which which tough scene. Like, yeah, tough that was for him that was. Uh, I felt like that was coming for a couple uh, a couple days heading into it, but hey, you know, it was great. You know, does is, club's not going to make him trouble anymore? Everybody's feeling good. Um, all right, dude. Chart. Someone taught me that, and Paul showed a lot of heart with he that did. break. You showed a lot of heart. Um, what do you think, man? You, you got any, any final thoughts here before we uh, we put a wrap on this thing? No, I, I just want to know what was your favorite golf course. Number two with pine needles right behind, and then probably like a tie, that. and then a tie of like Tobacco Road, Mid Pines, and then number four, then number three. That number three is pretty sick, though. Number three, is sick. all of them, all of them, great. All yes. Right. I, well, hey, great trip. Thank you to you and Swap Golf. It was fantastic. We had a great time and. Yeah, just thank you. Thank you, brother.